spending time with her husband, friends, family, including her 12 grandchildren. In her spare time, she connects and celebrates with the women involved in motorsports, taking you behind the wall about their journey of life, racing, and how they juggle everything to make it all work. Welcome to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Strap in, window nets up, the pedals are down, and when the green flag drops, we go. Hello, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast. It's my honor today to introduce you to someone that we've all watched on television quite often, especially if you're a NASCAR fan. Um, her name will be very familiar to you, Jamie Little. She's a reporter for NASCAR for the Fox Channel. And so welcome, Jamie. And we're going to jump right in and learn more about you and what you're doing in, in your work. Yes. Well, motorsports is all I've ever done. Um, I like to say I've kind of built my brand around racing and, and I've stuck to it because I really believe in following your passion. You know, there are many times throughout my career where I could have gone on to stick and ball sports. I was offered football and I just knew that that's not what I was passionate about. And what really makes me happy is racing and it's the relationships I've built. It's the excitement of it. It's the, you know, storytelling of it all. I've never wanted to do anything else. So I've had great opportunities. I've been so fortunate that I was in the right place at the right time. And um, I was just a lover, a fan of Supercross racing as a teenager. I was the weirdo in high school that would bring Dirt Rider magazine to school and hang out with the boys. And people just thought, what is her deal? And, um, and they soon realized that I was serious about it. I just loved it. I liked writing too, but I was more interested in telling the stories of the guys that I was exposed to and, and getting to know and, and their life story. I mean, they were teenagers. Carrie Hart, who's married to Pink. I mean, I followed his journey and we were such good friends. He really opened my eyes to what it meant to be a supercross rider. So that kind of propelled me into wanting to be part of racing. And I moved out on my own, moved to LA right after I graduated high school. And I wanted to, I didn't know. I really didn't know. I knew that I loved racing. I knew that I wanted to be a model. And the model part didn't last very long because I like to use my mouth and my brain too much. I wanted to talk. <laughs> and um, one day something just told me I was watching a motocross race and, and I saw Marty Reed and, um, and I said, I could do that. I want to interview. And there aren't any women that look like me that are really doing this. We had a female announcer in Supercross, the live announcer, but nobody on TV, nobody really in the magazines. So I went for it. I went up to uh, a guy with an ESPN microphone at an arena cross race of all things. Um, I think I was 19 or 20 and said, this is what I want to do. And he said, well, I live in San Diego. I shoot freelance. If you want to tag along and cover the local races for Moto World, you can be behind the camera and just learn the ropes. I did that for two years, not getting paid a dime. Mm -hmm. um, eventually, worked my way in and when it came time to get a new live announcer for Supercross they had already known me the the riders and the personnel and um so I became the live announcer for Supercross at 22 years old and uh, my story is really long so I don't want to drag it all out but long story short I just I I climbed that ladder got to know people when I was 23 I found who I needed to speak to at ESPN and I finally got through to him and sold myself and promised I wouldn't let him down just to give me a shot 
and I got X Games, and, um, and then I was doing Supercross and Motocross on air, and then that went into IndyCar and, and NASCAR. Yeah, and you know, I can tell your passion just by when you're talking about it, and <laughs> I, I love, because it sounds like it's the relationships that got you where you are. That's what I hear so often. It's the relationships we build with people. Most of the time, it doesn't just happen overnight. You have to build those relationships. You have to work for free for a while. And, and that's a common theme in the stories that I hear, but it, it pays off in the end. That's kind of your internship right there, the working for free. Absolutely. And, and it's not like work. I mean, it didn't bother me as long as I had a roof over my head and, and I had food on the table and my parents helped me. I was living in San Diego. Um, so I was able to put my time in and work for free because at the same time I was going to school, I was getting my journalism degree. I decided that I needed something to fall back on just in case all of this didn't work out. Um, and I also felt like it really was going to work out and I wanted to have something that gave me instant credibility that, okay, I have great relationships, but I also went to school for journalism. I know how to speak. I know how to write. And that was important to me because I really didn't want to go to college. My parents hadn't gone to college. And um, so I started at um, Mesa College, a junior college in San Diego, because I didn't want to commit to the four year. Um, <laughs> I didn't know where life was going to take me. So I got my associate's degree and then I, I decided to continue on and I transferred to San Diego State and graduated from there. So, um, so I went to school and then I was getting paid $500 a weekend to travel with Supercross and cover the races on the weekends. And you know that you probably thought you were like making it $500 a weekend and you're going to school. I mean, you know, it was icing on the cake because I would have done it for free. Um, so it was so little looking back, but it, it's so important that you do that, that you pay your dues. And, and still to this day, after all these years, I'm still the one calling, emailing, saying, hey, can I help you guys? For instance, this weekend at Texas, I'm going there for, um, I'm going there for a job for Toyota, but I know I'm going to be at the racetrack and I don't have any duties that day. And I call Fox and I said, hey, I'm there. I always want to put in the effort, uh, extra effort. And I'm not paid extra for it. I just love to work and I love my job and I want to prove that I will outwork anybody. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I love hearing that. And the fact that you knew that education was important and you were going to fall back on it. Um, we talked a little bit before we started recording about, I often hear girls say they want to be the top driver in this or that, but I try to encourage them. You need a plan B to fall back on and education, nobody can take that away. And so I love hearing you say that that was part of your journey, for sure. Absolutely, and, and I agree with that. I always agree with a plan B, and there's people out there that will tell you don't plan for a plan B, because then A will definitely fail, but that's not true. No. Um, you know, like now, I own three franchises with my husband, because you don't know when television is up. You work contract to contract, and you have to have that exit strategy and think ahead and there's nothing wrong with it and my philosophy is if you have that plan b then you probably aren't going to need it for a while and that's just kind of how it's worked out for me yeah and and i don't necessarily even look at it as plan b um i think you need several streams of income you don't always need to put all your eggs in one basket so absolutely having those other streams of income are not only security but it's also makes you a better rounded more well-rounded person to have other interests as well so so, Jamie, how long have you worked at Fox? 
I've been with Fox for five years, but I was with ESPN and ABC for 13 years. So I, okay. they were my first big uh, company that I worked for. I actually worked for NBC, did a couple jobs before actually getting a contract with ESPN. So worked for all the biggies, been very lucky. I just had a long career with ESPN. And the only reason I left was their NASCAR contract was up and mm -hmm. they really didn't have any racing. So I don't belong on a network that doesn't have racing. Um, and thankfully Fox came along and, and they wanted me. So it's worked out great. Yeah. And, and you know, the experience and just, again, the relationships you've built with all those drivers, that's, that's in about, I mean, there's no amount of money you can put on that. So Fox was smart to, to <laughs> see that and say like, we need to continue this. So that's you, very yeah, cool. It goes a long way. You can't just plug people into to a sport like NASCAR. Um, because it is such a tight-knit community. It is mm -hmm. such a long season. You spend so much time with these people and around these people. I, it was hard when I came in for sure, but I always have blinders on. I've always had the blinders on. Just work hard, meet all the people, get the stories and, and tell them. And then when you look back, it's like, how was I so brave? Like, how did I, like, I was so ballsy. I just walk right in that garage, not knowing any guys. And it's like, but I, you don't think about it until people bring it up later on in your career. And like, you know, it, you do have to just bite your tongue and, and move on and don't look at yourself as the female in a male dominated world. You don't look at yourself as a newbie. I always just wanted to be looked at as one of the reporters, a very good reporter. And I wanted to be respected by the fans and by the, the drivers or riders, whoever it was I was covering and the people that made the sports go around. And, and that's really been the key to my longevity, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And I love the fact that you, well, now they all know you anyway, but I love the fact that you're, you're just right there and you do ask the tough questions, which, you know, sometimes um, it's, it's a, uh, we sit back and we think, hmm, I wonder what they're going to say to that, that question. But <laughs> I love that part of it because, you know, that's what the people want to hear. That's what people like me or that are watching, you know, watching that they want to hear the, the really kind of down and down and deep things not just the surface we want to know what's really going on with everything because it's storytelling I, yeah it and is. you can't pretend that something didn't happen if a driver just got in a fight with somebody or they're clearly upset with somebody you can't just say okay take us through your race you you have to hit hit the hard questions that's just that's how you communicate that's how you do your job that's how you tell stories and and it's giving them time to speak their side too because mm -hmm. you know in these sports, everybody overanalyzes, overanalyzes. They talk on the radio for five days about the same thing. Right. So it's good for them to get to tell their side too. And there is an art to asking a hard question the right way. And certainly I went through it. I've asked the question, the hard questions the wrong way to the wrong person. And, and you look like a fool, but you have to learn. And there is definitely a way. And also having that relationship with that driver you're yeah. speaking to. If you're asking Kyle Bush a hard question, you better hope that he likes you and has a good relationship yeah. with you. Otherwise he will throw, he, he'll make you look bad. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, as someone who watches a lot of TV, when I'm not at the races, um, you see that you see, you can tell whether he's respectful of the reporter or not, or yeah. not just him really yeah. any driver, you know, yeah, absolutely. Um, there's some that are nice no matter what, but there's quite a few drivers that, you know, they have to answer a lot of questions, deal with a lot of people, a lot of media, Supercross riders, NHRA, they do too, but NASCAR is just kind of on another level when it comes to the media and exposure before and after and in between. Um, so I, I don't blame them for getting frustrated, but when they are frustrated, 
they like to see a familiar face that they know they can trust. Well, and they, and also that they know won't spin it out of control where, you know, sometimes they say one little thing out of context and it's taken wrong. And so they like to know that they're speaking to somebody they can trust. And I think that's real important. That gets you the best answers. I think even in a situation that's not a tough question, it's just storytelling. I think you get the best answers when they do respect you. Um, you know, and that goes across the board, entertainment, anything, hard hitting news, you name it. Right. So now when uh, race season's not in session, which it's a long season, I know that. <laughs> and uh, what do you do the rest of the time? Um, I have two little ones. I have a seven-year-old and a three-year-old that I'm chasing around all the time. Um, I have four dogs. I uh, do a lot with shelters, so I stay busy just trying to help animals one by one. Um, I love to travel. I do speaking engagements, um, so I have quite a few of those kind of in the next month. Just got back from Atlanta yesterday, so I like doing that, speaking to big, like yesterday was a big sponsor summit. So you're talking to the marketing people, they're making the decisions at the racetrack and coming up with the content and the commercials. And it's just really neat to be able to speak at these events or host them or whatever. Um, Cause you get to see a different side of racing, you know, it's mm -hmm. the business side and I think it's fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating. So um, I don't know how much you know about the International Women's Motorsports Association, but I founded it a couple of years ago kind of on a fluke, um, long story there. But anyway, it's, it's turned into something that I never expected. Um, it's really grown and it's, it's really starting to take off even more now. Like we're planning events for 2020 at NASCAR tracks, which is, was one of my dreams when I started. We do a monthly digital magazine all about women in motorsports. So I love telling stories as well. Yeah. I owned a weekly newspaper for 10 years back in a little town called Warsaw, Illinois, right on the Mississippi River. And it was school and sports and human interest stories. And I've always had the love of that. So I, I tell those stories in the magazine. And most of the time, I would tell you that you've never heard of any of the women that are in there because most of them are not famous, but they all have a story and they all want to tell their story. And they're so excited when they see it and it's in print. Yeah. So it's just so cool to do that. And then also we do this podcast, which has also been so fun and it's telling stories as well. So I have that in common with you. I love that part of it. Yeah, it, it's great, especially when you're able to tell these stories, because I think there is a big interest. I get asked all the time, where's the next female coming from? Who's the next female um, driver of, in, in any sport, in any motorsport? So it's nice to showcase them and see who's coming up. I see when you've sent me the digital um, magazine, I, I read it and look at it. And yeah, they are girls I haven't heard of. And, and it's fun to see where she's from or what they're interested in or how they got started, because I'm all about that. I, I'm about you know, empowering women, the, the ones that deserve to be there. I don't like putting somebody in a race car in a certain series because we need that diversity. I'm not a fan of that at all. Um, you have to earn your way just like I did, just like you did, just like anybody did. And, um, and there are good women out there, but I don't think that somebody's willing to take a chance on a woman that's equally as talented as a male. Um, you know, as easily. It's just always been that way. And right. that's why I always give credit to Bobby Rahal for taking a chance on Danica. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's, I, I look at some of these gals and they are very talented. And not only are they talented race car drivers, but they juggle so many other things as well that no offense to the guys, but a lot of men don't juggle the same things. And so right. 
women are juggling a job and a family and cooking and cleaning and laundry and racing. And, and so I admire some of them for all the things they're doing, but, um, I, I, I agree. I think a woman has to deserve to be where she's at. Nobody should be put in a position just because of their last name or, um, you know, that they're a woman they've got to, they've got to earn it. I did a podcast or an interview with um, Billy Venerini last year, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget one of the things he said, because uh, we asked him, well, why is it that you always have so many women on your team? And he said, you know, I, I love having them. They have lots of qualities that you don't find in a man. But he said, once, once she gets in the race car, the race car doesn't know if she's a man or a woman, so it doesn't really matter. And I love that. So, you know. Yeah, he, he was a great interview. So, so fun to talk to. He's so, funny. He is funny. He's very funny. So, Jamie, tell me, what's your very favorite thing? I know storytelling, but what's your very favorite thing? Like, if you're at the racetrack today, what's the thing you look forward to the most? I think what I look forward to the most is just being on pit road once the green flag waves. Because then you don't know. I mean, nothing is scripted. It's just you're waiting. You don't know how your day is going to end up. You don't know anything. And it's all excitement. Um, it's dangerous. It's You're put in a situation as a reporter that, you know, usually I'm covering about 10 different cars. And you have no idea. Your best car, who you think is your best car starting on the pole that day, could end up last in the car that started 30th is the one that's going to win the race. So I, I love, I think that it's such an honor to be able to be down there that I can talk to anybody at any time. So if the booth is wondering, well, what, what call was that by, you know, um, you know, whatever's Alan Gustafson made a a strange call with Chase Elliott. And they're like, well, what was that call? What was he thinking? Hey guys, I'm right here. I'll get up on the pit box and ask him whether it's on camera or off. He'll tell me what's going on. I can report it. So I dictate the news that comes out of my pits. And, um, and I think that's just, that's so much fun. No producer can tell you what, what to do. They can decide not to accept the story because they just are moving on, right. but I get to sell my stories and let the fans in on what I think is important. I, I agree. And that, you know, as a, as a fan who I like to know how things work and that's just true in my life period. Like I, I like to know how it all comes to be the way it is. And so I like those stories. To me, the pre-race show for NASCAR or any racing is as interesting as the race because I hear those stories and I hear the strategy that they're going to have in the race, if they're willing to share it before the race. (laughs) (laughs) Most times they don't share that. But, you know, I like knowing all that. And then, like you said, during the race, what was he thinking? And then he's like, oh, well, we're going to do this. And, And it's like, oh, that makes perfect sense. But it also helps me become way more knowledgeable about racing. And so when I talk to people, I feel like I have a lot more knowledge just from listening to those stories. So I love that yeah. part. Yeah, it's really fun to follow up throughout the race, um, you know, on the stories coming into the race. And, and there are a lot, you know, when you have 38 to 40 drivers each weekend, there's a lot to cover and um, a lot to keep up on. I tell people covering NASCAR, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle because mm-hmm. it's every day. And with social media and the way of the world now, I mean, things are just changing. You have to know what's going on constantly. And that's something that's kind of hard with our schedule. Fox does every weekend for the first half. And then the second half, we don't go to the racetrack. 
So it's up to me to stay on top of it and know what's happening. And right. there's a lot of information out there. Oh, there is. And you, you know, honestly, I, I've met probably 95% of the women that I've done stories on or interviewed for podcasts. I've met through social media. I am constantly looking and following women drivers. And I, I get lots of um, people that say, hey, you should check out this driver or that driver. And it's all, it's, it's social media. I could spend 24 hours a day on social media just trying to connect and find and stay up with what's happening. And it'd yeah. be really hard if you're not at the racetrack for those months and then you're just trying to use social media to keep track. Right. Yeah, exactly. And watching the races at home. Yeah. Somehow we do it. And then to kick it all off, we start with the Super Bowl of the year for our first race out of the box, which is, it's fun too. It's exciting because there are so many changes, but it's like different car numbers, different teams, different drivers in different places. And you're like, Hey, this is the Super Bowl. Everybody's watching. Let's get it straight. Right. Well, <laughs> and you almost have to study the whole month of December and January just so yeah. you know what's happening because there Absolutely. is so much that changes. Yeah, exactly. It's so fun. Do you, do you have a favorite track that you go to? I, I always say, um, I love, I love what they've done in Phoenix. I, I just think ISM raceway is, um, I, yeah, it's ISM. Yeah. Uh, it's just beautiful. It's so it fan friendly. And I just love the desert, the beauty there. That track is fun and exciting. Um, but I would say Talladega. I've always said that it's just fast and furious and dangerous. And I think that's all the elements that racing is supposed to have. Mm -hmm. um, nothing like pack racing and um, the intensity, the nerves, interviewing drivers at the medical center after they barrel rolled down the front stretch, all that stuff is just, it never gets old to me. No, it doesn't. And it, as I said to you, I'm actually in Phoenix right now visiting my youngest two daughters. And next weekend um, is the race here. And that's part of the reason I'm out here. I was actually at ISM yesterday and met with a couple people and I got a private tour, although I've been to Phoenix more than any other track because my daughters live here, but I got a private tour yesterday. Uh, we went out to the track and we parked on pit road and, and we just did some things. I got to see some things that the normal fan doesn't get to see, which was so cool. I posted on Facebook, Facebook, there's no better place to be than a racetrack, even if there's nobody else there. You just, <laughs> You just drive down through the tunnel and there's just that feeling. And I think you have to, there's only a few of us or some that have that feeling. A lot of people don't have that passion, I think. But um, for the, those of us that do, there's nothing like going to the racetrack, even if there's no race going on. So <laughs> yeah, I know, I know it's, there's special places. And I always say, you know, if, if the walls could talk, there's just so many stories of the past mm -hmm. and just it, it life-changing racetracks change lives whether it's for the better or for the worse i mean they just there's they're places that are so storied and it is special to go there and it's eerie when you go to a racetrack without anybody there it, it actually was just a little bit eerie because we you know there were a few workers there but really not even a lot of them i mean and and the place is just you know pristine right now because they're getting ready for next weekend but um they have done an amazing job there um the the infield where you can sit and watch the TVs and sit in the shade and there's all the things that you need to eat or drink right there and it's it's pretty cool. But I have to tell you, in February, my husband and I went to Daytona for the first time and I haven't been to every track. That's my goal this year is to get to the ones I haven't been to. But I absolutely loved 
Daytona. I was like high as a kite when I was there just from being at the track and all the races we got to see. I absolutely love Daytona and it's, we'll be back there this year. I won't miss it again. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love Daytona too. And I, I don't like to take anything away from that track. Talladega is just the experience of you right. know, being in Alabama and just the people and the party, but Daytona is incredible. What they've done, the remodel, it's just, it's amazing. The experience for the fans, again, all these tracks that have upgraded and renovated to just make it a more enjoyable experience for uh -huh. people to bring in the younger generation and right. entice them that it's an experience and not just a race for three hours. Um, it's great. And I think it's paying off and, and, you know, NASCAR, I think motorsports in general are like all up this year on ratings. So, you know, it's great. We're all, everybody's going in the right direction, pushing to help things um, get better. And I think we're seeing that. Oh, absolutely. I, I see that, you know, when I first started the IWMA, I mean, uh, my granddaughter races, um, my son had a race car. So I, I knew there were a lot of women involved in racing, but I really had no idea. I mean, the number of women that are involved is exponential to the, how many I thought, because there's, it's just everywhere you look. And the, the drag racing arena, I really hadn't followed a lot, even though US 131 Motorsports Park is about 20 minutes from my house, and that's a great track. I just had never been into really drag racing that much, and I've learned so much, and there's so many women involved in that that I've met, and and I just I just meet the most classy, you know, smart women that are involved in motorsports, and and I just love it. So I found my I found my thing that's going to keep me going for the next hopefully 20 years because I'm. I'm in my 60s, so. <laughs> that is so awesome. I love yeah. it. I love that you want to go to every track. That's such a great and fun goal. Yeah, that's my bucket list for sure, is to be at every NASCAR track. And I've had that, that on my list for, for more years than even when I started this, but I, that was kind of my bucket list. I, uh, I went to a garage sale out here a few years ago, and we drove by, and I said, stop. My daughter stopped in the there was a big picture frame. It's probably about three foot by four foot. And it had photos of every NASCAR track. And she was selling it at the garage sale. Super no nice way. pictures. It was framed. She wanted $25 for it. So I paid her for it. And my daughter said, how are you going to get that home? I said, I don't know. I'm going to have to ship it. Cost me like $75 to ship it. Oh my but, gosh. Uh, but it hangs on my wall. And it reminds me that I've got some tracks that I need to make sure I get to this year. Oh. So that's so great. much fun. Yeah. So Jamie, tell me anything else that I maybe haven't asked you about that you think it's important that our listeners hear either about your job, how you get into it, what they should be doing, anything at all that you'd like to share. Yeah. As we kind of touched on earlier, you have to just be willing to work. And if that means taking a job at your local track, getting the microphone, getting to interview, um, you know, anything, you've got to take the jobs, pay your dues, and then people start noticing. And then usually what happens is you're in the right place at the right time. They need somebody on the mic. Somebody didn't show up and boom, you're there and you're prepared. You've been there, you know, what's going on. Um, you've got to be humble. You've got to work hard. You've got to be willing to work harder than the next person. That's always kind of been my thing, just outwork the next person. And, and I don't think I'm the smartest person. I don't think I'm the best reporter, but I definitely am the hard worker and I have great relationships and I treat everybody well. And I, I think 
that's very important to remember. Um, I agree with getting an education. I think it's really important just to fall back on that business or journalism, whatever it may be, because there's so many avenues you can go in racing. And like we talked about, you know, if it doesn't work out that you don't make it to television as a broadcaster, or you don't make it to be the top racer, at least you have some business sense that you can offer. Hey, I can do marketing, I could do PR, or I could do social media. There's so many jobs coming up in social media. That right. is the future. So um, a lot of things you can do. And I think if you have a degree to prove that um, you can do something else, but be involved in racing, that's key. Yeah, absolutely. Great advice. Great advice for sure. I was going to ask you, is your husband a NASCAR fan? Yes, we actually met on the NASCAR circuit. He was uh, Kyle Busch's road manager. So really? with Kyle Busch and Kyle's, well, I say bad boy days. He still has those, but back in uh, 08, 09. And uh, so we met there. He was on a pit crew for IndyCar for many years. He still pits for the Indy 500. His brother runs the team. So Cody goes over when they get an extra car and, um, and he'll pit the car still. Uh, so he's a big fan. He knows everybody involved. So it's fun. You know, when I talk about somebody, he knows exactly who I'm talking about. And uh, he just comes from a racing family. So his dad drives the, the haulers with the race cars for Indy cars. So um, very involved. Okay. Well, that's interesting. So I tell everybody Kyle Busch is my favorite driver, but I'm going to tell you a real quick story about how that happened because um, several years ago we went, Mark and I went to Michigan for the first time. It's been probably eight years ago, maybe longer now. And we went to uh, the race and the one thing I said to Mark at the time, because I was just getting really back into racing, you know, my son had a car and stuff. And so I said to Mark, oh, I'm going to, I need to buy one of those really cool sweatshirts, you know, and that as a woman, I wanted to go shopping. Right. And so we, we went to the race and um, I started, and I didn't have a favorite driver. So I started walking around and every hauler had black or gray, black or gray sweatshirts. I'm like, no, I want something really cool. So I get to the Kyle Busch hauler, and of course, there's the bright red M&M's sweatshirt. I didn't even ask the price. I said, that's what I want. We went to dinner that night, and I had the sweatshirt on the back of my chair. And we were eating, and this young couple comes over, and uh, they, they said, oh, we see that you're a fan of Kyle Busch. Well, the coat's hanging on my chair. I can't say no. And so, <laughs> I, so I said, yes, I am. And so they said, well, we're his PR people. And so they said, we have something for you. And they gave me two hats and he had won the poll, I believe, whatever. They had two hats. One said, um, pit, one said, uh, pole sitter on the back and one said something, something else about the crew. And there's, they said only special people get these hats. We'd like you to have them. Well, now I'm really a Kyle Busch fan, okay, <laughs> in a matter of minutes. So they sat down and we visited with them, um, young gal and the young guy, and just had the nicest conversation. And, you know, I asked them, well, is he really as, as bad as he acts on TV? And they're like, he would give you the shirt off his back. He's a super nice guy. You know, we just had the best conversation. And he had, I think he had just gotten married or was going to be getting married. And so what a great conversation and it's funny how just the littlest thing can make you a diehard fan yeah exactly you know and, yeah, and that's what happens get that. they get that and they can't be great all the time especially no. when you're emotional and you lose and 
Kyle is a very sore loser. He hates to lose. Yeah. But they all get it, especially Kyle. That one little thing goes such a long way and can convert one person like that. Oh, absolutely. So now over the years, I've collected autographed helmets and all kinds of things of his because he's been to Kalamazoo to race a couple of times. And then uh, last spring, I went to California. I said, I want to be there when he wins his 200th race. And I was there on the Sunday that he did it. And literally, I was, I was emotional because it was like, this is really cool. I wanted to see him do that. And I was able to be there in person and in victory lane, which was really awesome. So oh, it's, just, so it's just the, the one little thing that those drivers can do that make or break having you as a fan. So absolutely. But yeah, I like all the drivers, but I'm going to stick with him as my favorite. Sometimes I like to be the person that's like, yeah, I'm kind of a, I'm going to be kind of a little stickler about, you know, who I like. So <laughs> I like it. Kyle's a great one to like. He wins a lot. So you get that satisfaction. He's always exciting to watch and listen to, no matter if it's being mad or being happy. <laughs> right. Absolutely. So that's, that's been a, a lot of fun. So Jamie, I just want to thank you so much for taking time. I know you're a busy mom. You've got a little girl in preschool today that you have to pick yeah. up. So um, I appreciate your time. Um, if I don't see you before, I'll see you for sure in Daytona and I'll make sure that we can meet face to face. I always like to meet the ladies that I've interviewed. So um, thank you again. Is there anything, any last words that you would have? I think that's it. I love just follow your passion. You know, if you're passionate about it and you love racing that much, go for it. Don't give up. There's so many opportunities in the sports, um, in motorsports in general. And, um, once you get there, you land your job, it's not work. You know, money is, is kind of like icing on the cake, but it's, uh, it's, it's worth everything. It's worth all the hard work and the, the tough days. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, thanks again and have a great time in Texas this weekend and I'll see you in Daytona. Thank you. Enjoy Phoenix. I will. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Racing Girls Rock Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at International Women's Motorsports Association or on Instagram and Twitter at the IWMA Nation. And if you know someone that should be on our show, drop us an email at IWMA Nation at gmail.com.